As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Welcome again to another edition of Second Chance Coaching. As always, it is my pleasure to join you on another week of your reentry journey from whichever corner of the world you're listening from. You know, we always remain excited and humbled that you've decided to spend a part of your week with us. We are truly, truly excited. Thank you so much. You know, this week, you know, I wanted to speak with you about experiencing burnout along the reentry journey. Burnout is a common term we use and often hear. But let's break down exactly what the definition is. According to goodhousekeeping.com, burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress coupled with inadequate resources to cope. That's a lot. (laughs) A lot of times, you know, we might voluntarily push ourselves to burnout without knowing it by, by taking on more projects for a temporary point in time or... We might go through a workout or fitness challenge, and certainly not with the intent of burning ourselves out, but we could find ourselves at the point of burnout. Along the reentry journey, we could also involuntarily push ourselves to burnout. You know, we may work extra shifts at a job. You know, we're trying to ensure that we're meeting the requirements with our probation or parole officer. You know, we want to support family. We're making sure that The kids have gifts for birthdays and holidays. And I've even heard of, and certainly I've gone through it myself. You burn yourself out just to have money available for a night out of takeout food with the family. You know, sometimes just that little thing you say, oh, no, I got to get that because takeout food is not cheap, you know. And, oh, yes, one more thing. We can involuntarily burn ourselves out by really trying to keep up appearances with friends and family. You know, when they talk about you try to keep up with the Joneses. But before we talk about stories of burnout and some possible solutions to burnout, let's identify, according to Zapier.com, 10 typical signs that you are experiencing burnout, that we could be experiencing burnout. Number one is fatigue. You know, you feel physically or emotionally exhausted and you just stop exercising. Number two could be insomnia. You have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep and you constantly dream about work or different other distractions. Number three could be addiction. You pick up bad habits like smoking or excessive drinking, or you could gain weight due to overeating. Number four could be loneliness. You feel alone even when you're not. You feel no one understands what you're going through. Number five 
could be feelings of inadequacy. You feel unqualified for your job. You also might be experiencing what, what, what we also know, know as imposter syndrome. Number six, anger. You know, inconsequential things infuriate you, really get you upset, such as, you know, like road rage or, or really having inconsequential arguments with someone. Number seven is cynicism. You have a belief of failing, so you have a hard time convincing yourself to try to start or do anything. Number eight is numbness. You stop celebrating special occasions and you no longer find joy in any accomplishments. Number nine could be illness. You could get the onset of headaches. And even though you, even though it may come out of nowhere, you, you feel like you're having panic or anxiety attacks or you feel like you're nervous all the time. Number 10 could be a short attention span. You know, there's a struggle to get started on task. You know, you're missing deadlines or, or uncharacteristically, you just procrastinate. You know, there were two instances in, in my ranching journey in which I witnessed a girlfriend at the time go through burnout. And there was not much I could do for them or really knew how to continually support them through, through, through that process. At the very, very beginning of my reentry journey, I dated a young lady who worked in corporate marketing. At the time, she didn't have family that lived near her. You know, she wasn't from the area. She didn't have children. So there was not really anything that, um, you know, she didn't have any distractions at home. You know, she could really just put her all in at work. And, you know, even though she complained about the difficulties at work and, and you know, bringing work home, she'd always talk about that. Consequently, she always said yes to every single project, everything Everything that they said at work, hey, we need someone to do this. We need someone to do that. She would say, yes, I'm on board. I'll do this. I'll do that. You know, she looked at saying yes as, as a gateway to advancement and getting more opportunities, which really that did happen for her. But she did pay a price for that, ultimately by burning herself out. Even when we had our dating time and we, and we would spend that quality time alone, there was, the, there was always a distraction for her when it came to work. She always had a problem really, truly decompressing and disattaching herself from work at that time when you shouldn't be working or really thinking about working. You know, I felt bad for her because, you know, especially during that downtime, you know, I felt like we truly enjoyed our downtime. Well, let me say, I won't say we, I truly enjoyed that downtime because at the beginning of my reentry, at the beginning of my reentry journey, I was working at a job that did not require a lot of thought or effort outside of work. Like if I did work, I kept work at work. So I really wasn't burnt out at all. You know, at that time, my biggest concerns was making sure I stayed employed, that I was definitely following the conditions of my parole, and 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 I was reconnecting and strengthening family bonds, especially with Julian and Anandi. They were really, really young at the time. You know, Sometimes I really did feel bad watching her being burnt out, so much so that there were times I even pretended that I was busier at work than I really was. So I felt like if I made her feel better by seeing that I was quote unquote busier as well, that the whole misery loving company philosophy would bind us closer. But in hindsight, that was certainly the wrong thing to do. I should have just showed her by my living example that being burnt out really isn't a sign of courage it's not a sign of honor. And honestly, it's really not something you're supposed to do. So let's fast forward all the way. So we're going to fast forward a lot of years to much later on in my reentry journey. This is about maybe 15 years ago. 
upon my first two, three months of working at the college I worked at, I work at now. And I started dating a different woman who would become, who would, you know, become my girlfriend. And at the time she worked at another local university here in South Florida, but also too, she was also working on her doctorate. In this case, she was really highly organized. And even though she was highly organized, I was thinking of the burnout when I catch her, but I could see the burnout was real for her as well between meeting the demands of her job, working on her dissertation and just life overall. You know, when I would see how hard she worked and the effort it took for her to do these things and to balance this life, and especially when it came to completing her dissertation, I will say it initially made me think that if one is this miserable and this upset about getting their doctorate degree, you could completely miss me about getting a doctorate. <laughs> obviously, that's not what it turned out for me. I obviously went out and got my doctorate. But watching her go through it was not inspiring, so to speak, to say, yeah, let me go get mine too. But anyway back to this girlfriend. But even during our, even during our dating time, she would always, she would bring up work related issues. And I could tell that she was really on the verge of being burnt out if she wasn't there already. As I said, she was dealing with um, the completion of her dissertation. She was doing all kinds of stuff, dealing with life, whatever. And, and when we would talk and Earlier in this podcast, when we talked about signs of burnout, we talked about inconsequential anger being something that's very prevalent. And that was prevalent with her. Even though I would be very intentional and take interest in what was bothering her as a way that I thought to mentally lighten her load or to ask her if there's anything I could do, she would always come and, or more often than not, she would come and snap back and say she did not want to talk about work or school and I needed to find something else to talk about. I needed, I needed to talk to her about something else other than work or school. I didn't have a problem with that, but 9.9 .9 times out of 10, those subjects about work and school and me having those conversations with her were subjects that she started out. She started out by talking about work and school. So I was, you know, mirroring and playing off what it is that she was saying, but then it was my fault that she got frustrated about talking about work and school. At that point, it certainly left me frustrated once again. I felt like I was reliving this story again, because at that stage of my career, you know, my job was not that overwhelming. You know, I wasn't at a place where I needed to take work home with me. Whatever I did at work, I left at work. And when she would sometimes ask me about my job to get take her mind off of her job, I could see that she would get frustrated, angry, and even somewhat jealous when she saw that my job was not, that not, not a job that was overwhelming or I didn't let it overwhelm me. Um, to the point that I was going to get burnt out the way she saw was overwhelming her. At this point, I was not going to sit there and pretend I was excessively busy like I did earlier in, in an earlier relationship because I felt like, you know what? She won the battle of a crazy busy work schedule. You know, I felt that, that, that um, pretending that I was busy was not going to really work with anything. So, but Instead of trying to sit there and continue trying to be a living example, I said, well, rather than pretend to be busy, I would just get busy because at the time, you know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to school. I wasn't, um, I didn't have a part-time job. So at work, I, I volunteered for numerous committees and task force, which was beneficial for me as it expanded my internal network at work. It increased my skill set, And of course, it also optimized my career opportunities, but Ultimately, I felt that if she saw we were going through the same thing, that it, it would help, but it didn't solve her burnout woes or it solved how she saw her burnout woes 
And, you know, one of the many things ultimately didn't save our relationship. But despite knowing in my head that burnout or, or becoming burnt out is not the solution, when I saw these two examples, when I saw these two examples, it did negatively influence me a lot of times to become busier for the sake of being busy because I started to equate my professional value with how busy I was or how close to becoming burnt out I, wa- I was becoming. You know, I was able to advance, you know, I was able to do what things well at work, but, but becoming burnt out and, 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 and ha- coming hand in hand with a lot of these advancement opportunities, you know, and, and once you get to these advancement opportunities and you see what it takes not only to get there, but to stay there, it just wasn't what it was all, it wasn't always what it was cracked up to be, you know, this made me realize that becoming burnt out simply for the sake of being burnt out or even trying what you would think is your personal greater good was just simply not worth it. When I started going back to school and getting my second master's in 2012, I certainly wasn't burnt out because I was able to keep everything balanced. I said, well, let me make sure I put time for this, time for this, time for that. Really compartmentalize what it is that I was doing. I should have done that in undergrad, but I did that in my second go around in grad school. And I did the same thing even when I started my doctorate program. But I will say that sometimes involuntarily being burnt out could be appealing or be attractive when you're utilizing it as a distraction. You know, I did use my doctoral program um, as a way to try to burn myself out, to keep myself busy, because I used it as a distraction to partially cope with Nanandi's death. And even after my doctoral program, I would always, I would sometimes use being busy, even becoming artificially busy, looking for ways to become busy as a coping method when my mother passed away. Now, today, I definitely keep myself busy, but I really try to pay attention to not becoming burnt out, you know, and and although that's a daily process, you want to make sure that you're always paying attention, not being burnt out. So, you know, a lot of times I'm successful, sometimes I'm not. But there are definitely steps in which you could take, we could take, I could take to prevent ourselves from getting burnt out and ultimately overcome it. I was reading an article in Psychology Today, and it really shared eight ways, eight ways to overcome being burnt out, particularly when it came to work. And let me share those eight ways with you. And they are as follows. Number one, become more selfish. It is okay to sometimes reclaim your time and say no. You don't have to say yes to every project or to every work request. Number two, compare your regular task with your job description. Is what you are doing related to your job description, the job you're actually being paid to do? Now, it doesn't say that you have to rebel and say, that's not in my job description. No, it just says, are you, are you busy? Are you, are you utilizing your busy tasks to get to the objectives that you need to meet? Is what you're doing really, really related to your job? Number three, establish new workplace relationships. And I say that by surrounding yourself with coworkers and colleagues who are looking to make positive strides in their work lives, who are looking to not be burnt out. So you could build a circle or a community in which you're supporting each other. Number four, go off the grid. When you start to feel emotionally, mentally, and physically drained, that's a good time to take some time off and recharge your batteries. I always am one, including when it comes to the cell phone. I use the airplane mode all the time because I could still listen to my music and do what I want and know that I won't be interrupted. Definitely, it's okay to go off the grid. Number five, meditate. Pray and meditate. There's a worthwhile activity, even if you just do it for just five to 10 minutes per day. It is much is worth it. I could let you 
I could tell you to do it and you could see the results rather than tell you about it. Number six, do something meaningful and interesting. Identify the most fulfilling elements of your job and try to dedicate more time to doing those tasks. In addition, make sure that you give ample time to your passion projects. Give that ample time to those passion projects every day or even once a week, however much time you give it. Give it ample time because you'll see it, it'll make the difference. Number seven, keep your to-do list minimal. Only do what's necessary. Don't pile on your to-do list for the sake of piling on to do piling on your to-do list. Don't give yourself endless things to do. Don't make yourself artificially busy. And number eight, change your scenery, shock your system, change things up. Maybe it's in your routine. Maybe it's in the decor in your office. Listen to a new music station while you're working. Do something to change the scenery, change the dynamic. Remember, you know, that burnout is nasty. It could really sneak up on you when you least suspect it. So, so stay aware, you know, all of us are busy. All of us are juggling so many different things. So stay aware when, stay aware that that burnout doesn't catch up to you, that it doesn't sneak up on you. Make sure you're continuing to exercise the self-care. And once again, don't, don't, don't do what I do. Don't be busy for the sake of being busy. You know, stop thinking you have something to prove to others because no, you don't, you really don't. You know, once again, you know, I want to thank all of you for sharing your time with me. Thank you for continuing to spread Second Chance Coaching to your friends and your family and your loved ones. I truly hope we're doing something that is positively touching your lives. And let me say thank you once again, because you are indeed positively impacting my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. And I look forward to spending some time with you again next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.